welcome. I'm so excited to get to share my heart with you today, and I'm really excited to talk about this topic because I believe that it has incredible power in our lives. The F word. <laughs> Forgiveness. Now, some of you may actually have felt like cussing when you found out that today we were going to be talking about forgiveness. And while I don't um, think you should do that, I do understand because forgiveness is hard and it's vulnerable and it's a challenging topic to even think about. I know every single one of us, we've been hurt by people. You know, if we had time and we could listen to the different stories of people in this room, you know, I think we would all feel, you know, heavy-hearted when we hear about the different things that have happened to different people because we've all been hurt. I want you to reflect on your own story for a moment. You know, maybe it was a parent who abandoned you or neglected you. Maybe it was an authority figure who should have protected you, but they didn't. Maybe it was a roommate who betrayed you or a friend who stabbed you in the back. Maybe it was a spouse who promised that they were going to do something and then didn't do it. Maybe it was a child who manipulated you. The truth is, we have all been hurt. And what I have found that is that we are often hurt the most by those that we love the most, trust the most, and help the most, which makes it incredibly painful and incredibly challenging. Now, on the other side of this coin, we have all done things that we need forgiveness for, right? We've all made mistakes. We've all done dumb things, right? I mean, can I get an amen? Okay, let me tell you a story. When I was 15 years old, I was with my friends, and we went to Prairie Gardens, which is a local store here in town. And while I was there, I broke a small ceramic figurine. And in that moment, I panicked, and I kicked the, the pieces underneath a shelf, and I ended up leaving with my friends. Well, I was feeling so guilty when I got home. So I told my mom what I did. And she immediately put me back in the car and told me we were going back to Prairie Gardens and I was going to tell the manager what I had done. Now, I'm 15 years old. I am shaking in fear. I'm thinking there could be a prison sentence at this point because I wasn't 100% sure what the, what, the, what the punishment was going to be. And I go up to the manager and I explain to the manager what I've done and I'm standing there and I remember like shaking, thinking I don't know what the punishment's going to be. And he said, thank you, I forgive you. You don't even need to pay for it. And you know, I know this is kind of a benign example, but in that moment, it marked me for life that I could so freely be given forgiveness for this mistake that I had made. The reality is, whether it's what people have done to us or what we have done to other people, forgiveness is a really tough topic. And you know what's really hard? Forgiving yourself when you make a mistake. And so we wanna talk about this today because you know, when, when someone does something to you, let's just be honest, forgiveness is not often our first response, is it? You know what our first response is? replaying every single detail of what they did to us in our mind. Living with bitterness, living with frustration, living from a place of like, I cannot believe they did that. That is what feels natural. But many of us know this truth that unforgiveness is actually a trap. There's a, there's a common saying, you may have heard it before, that unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and hoping the other person dies. 
Unforgiveness, it traps us. It holds us captive. And it often can affect us. It affects us mentally. It affects us physically. It affects us relationally. It affects us spiritually. And today the good news is this. Forgiveness is actually freedom. And Jesus is here today, and he wants to show us how as we partner with him in forgiveness, we can experience this incredible forgiveness and freedom. He's here to empower us. How many of you today would you like more freedom in your life? I'm going to raise my hand because I'll be preaching to myself today. So yes, we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and to be our teacher today because there is fresh forgiveness available for us. And I'm going to just pray and invite him to come. And so Holy Spirit, we welcome you here in this house. We thank you for this time together today, God. May your kingdom come. God, give us ears to hear what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I know for some of you, as you think about this topic of forgiveness, there is just a lot of pain associated. And you may even be tempted to, like, tune me out. Like, you know what, I just, I can't hear this today. Because this is maybe a very tender place in your heart. And so I actually want to start, before I even really get into the message, I want to talk about a few things that forgiveness is not. And I think this is going to help give us a framework for today. So forgiveness is not ignoring what actually happened. We do not need to forget the pain or the abuse or the neglect that we had, okay? When we ignore it, we actually are minimizing that person's journey and experience. We don't want to ignore it. We don't need to sweep it under the rug and pretend that it didn't happen, okay? So forgiveness does not mean that we need to ignore what actually happened. Okay, secondly, forgiveness does not mean that we need to become a doormat, that we need to allow everyone access, full access into our lives, no matter what they've done to us. That is just simply not healthy relationally. You know, I want you to think about this for a moment. How many of you have maybe been, say, betrayed by some type of friend? I know that I have, okay? And what I have learned along the way is this. There is a big difference between forgiveness and trust. So what I'm suggesting today is not that you go to the person who has hurt you the most and you trust them complicitly. What I am suggesting today is that we embrace this idea of fresh forgiveness, and that's actually going to bring real freedom into our lives, but that doesn't mean we don't set boundaries. Okay, and the last thing, forgiveness is not fair. You know, I have a lot of kids, and you know, one of my kids' favorite things to tell me is, that's not fair. And I'm always like, that's right, life's not fair, kid. Just get used to it. So this is one of those areas where it's really not fair. A few years ago, Mike and I, we invested in this opportunity with a Christian company. It just seemed too good to be true. And you know what? It was too good to be true. And we lost a lot of money. And I'm going to be honest, I was furious. Because when someone wrongs you in the world, what does the world say? They owe you. They owe you. But what we're going to discover today is actually in the kingdom, forgiveness is not fair, but it is freedom. And so I, Mike and I have been on this journey in this particular area. Forgiveness is not fair, but it is kingdom. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more. What is forgiveness? Well, the actual definition, if you look it up, it says the definition is to stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense, a flaw, or mistake. So to forgive means to release. I like to think of it like this. When we forgive we let go of what they owe. 
When we forgive, we let go of what they owe. And we actually do this not because it's Julie's great idea, but actually this is what Jesus has done for us. When we come into relationship with Jesus, when we say yes to him, we receive his forgiveness for all of our sins, past, present, and future. We receive his forgiveness. This is the good news of the gospel. And yet, you know what? Many Christians, they actually are begging Jesus to do this. But Jesus has actually already done it. I'm going to take us right now to second, or 1 John 2, 12, and this is what it says. I am writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. This is the good news of the gospel, that through Jesus our sins are forgiven. Now, this is a gift that we receive. We can't work to get it. It is just simply received, and we can't work for it because actually Jesus has already done it. Now, perhaps today you're listening to this message, whether you're here, whether you're online, or listening to it later. Maybe you've actually never received Jesus' full forgiveness. And this is going to be incredibly important today as we unpack for forgiveness in our lives because the foundation of our forgiveness is the work that Jesus has already done. You see, he did the work for forgiveness, so now we can forgive. And if we don't have this foundational truth in our lives, I believe that forgiveness, unforgiveness, is going is to reign in our lives. We need this foundational truth that we have been forgiven and now we get to forgive. So the gospel, it isn't just about receiving God's forgiveness. It's actually about extending God's forgiveness into the world. Forgiveness is supposed to flow to us and through us. And so today the question is, how's your flow? Are you backed up? You can laugh. Are you free-flowing? Are you somewhere in the middle? We are actually supposed to let go of what they owe. There is an invitation today to fresh forgiveness. We want to experience Jesus' forgiveness, and then we want to extend that forgiveness to the world. Okay, well, I want to take us to our text today, which is going to be Matthew 18. So if you have your Bibles, you can go there, but the verses will be up on the screens. And in Matthew 18, Jesus is talking to the disciples, and he's talking about a lot of relational truths. He's like saying, hey, like when you have an argument, this is what you're going to do, and here's, here's some good relational tools. And then in verse 21, the conversation is going to shift to forgiveness. Okay, so this is verse 21. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times. Now, pause. The Jewish law was that you forgave someone three times, but on the fourth time, out of luck. Yep. So can't you just see Peter here being like smug, like, hey, Jesus, your loving disciple here. Should I like forgive people like double the amount? And this is what Jesus says to him. No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Now, I was never good at math, but thankfully that's not the point of this right now because other translations say that actually it's 77 times, but it's not the number here. Jesus is actually using a literary device called hyperbole. He's exaggerating. He's saying it actually isn't about the number. It's actually about the, the view, the paradigm, the, the foundational belief that you have when you are in relationship with people. He's asking us to have unlimited forgiveness for one another. He's saying this isn't actually about keeping score. It's about never keeping score. You're like, what? 
I just like would love to know what Peter's response was in that moment. Like here I thought I was really being generous and I got totally Jesus juked in that moment. And so like they're confused, right? So Jesus, he's a great teacher and he's like, you know what? I better tell them a story. I better tell them a parable to help them understand what I'm trying to say. And so Jesus is gonna tell them a parable about the kingdom of heaven. Now the kingdom of heaven, it isn't like earth, right? It isn't like the world. The world says, you owe me. And in the kingdom of heaven, we let go of what they owe. Now, let me read you this story, picking up now in verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants he had, who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But when the man left the king, he went, oh, I'm sorry, But the man fell down before his master and begged, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and released him and forgave his debt. Okay, so this is the first part of the story. So to recap, there is a servant. He owes a king a lot of money. Theologians believe that this was between 12 million and $1 billion. Okay, so it was a lot of money. This this was a sum that could not be repaid. And so the the punishment is that the servant and his wife and his family and everyone is going to be, everything he owns is going to be sold. So I want you to put yourself in this guy's shoes. He's panicked. His wife is going to belong to another man. His children are going to be yanked from their, their family, their community, their school. He's never going to see them ever again. And he, he turns to the king and he begs the king. He says, you know, king, if I could just have a little bit of time, I could work. Now, this is an impossibility, but he's going to try. He's desperate. You know what's interesting? This is often what we do when we come into relationship with Jesus. We, we say, you know, Jesus, I, I'm going to work really hard. I mean, I've, got, I've done a lot of bad stuff in my past, but I'm going to work, I'm going to be a good person. You know, just give me a little bit of time and, and I'm going to be a good person. But this isn't actually how forgiveness works in our lives. You know, when I was a kid and I'd get in trouble, the thing I did not want my mom to say was, I'm going to tell your father when he gets home from work, right? I mean, this was like, no, you did not want dad to know. So what would you do the rest of the day? The rest of the day, you were an angel. What could you do? Take out the trash, fold the laundry, help with the children? And did she ever forget? I mean, the hope was she was going to forget. The hope was she was going to forgive me before dad found out. But she never forgot. I would hide behind the chair. Dad would come home and I'd have to face my punishment. But we do this with Jesus. We do this with Jesus. We, we, We try to make up for a debt we cannot pay. We cannot pay it. But you know, the story says the king in his kindness. The word I read there was pity, but it could be better translated as compassion. The king in his compassion forgave the debt in an instant. And the man is, is set free. Now, I know that we all think that what we would do is go, you know, cheering, clapping, celebrating, go home, you know, hug our wife, hug our kids. Oh, we're saved. You know, oh, this amazing debt. We've been forgiven. We should show compassion and mercy to everyone. But let me tell you what the servant did. Picking up in verse 28. But when the man left the king, he went to the fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I'll pay, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. 
But when, when some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that, that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. These are some really harsh words. So let, let's, let's unpack this a little bit here. So, you know, this first servant, he's forgiven this incredible debt. He goes to the second servant who owes him a couple thousand dollars. And again, theologians believe this was maybe a couple, like a hundred days wages. It wasn't nothing, but it was a fraction, a fraction of what he had been forgiven of. And he demands payment. And when the man can't pay, he throws him in jail and does not show him mercy. And then, of course, the king gets wind of this. And he's, he then ends up throwing that first servant in jail and saying, you know, this is what's going to happen to you if you do not forgive one another freely. Now, this is some really strong, strong language. And so I, I want to make sure that we don't misinterpret what Jesus is actually saying here. This does not mean that if you are holding unforgiveness in your heart, you are going to hell. Unforgiveness in and of itself is not an unforgivable sin. What I do believe that Jesus is saying here is that when we embrace unforgiveness in our lives, we are putting ourselves in jail. We are putting ourselves in prison. We are torturing ourselves, not that God is doing it to us, but that we are actually doing it ourselves. Because we have actually already received incredible forgiveness, and now to choose not to extend it to those around us when we have actually received it is missing the mark. Forgiveness in our lives is actually a sign that we have truly experienced forgiveness by Jesus. And I want to encourage you today that if unforgiveness is a habit in your life, you need a fresh encounter with Jesus, and he wants to give you one. Forgiveness is actually supposed to be a habit in our lives. It's supposed to be a discipline. It's supposed to be something that we practice. You know what? It is hard. And again, I'm not trying to say today that the things that have happened to you, the things that have been done to you are right, that they're good, that you should you know, not process it or you shouldn't set boundaries. Absolutely not. But what I am saying is that what Jesus is saying is that as kingdom people, we are people who experience forgiveness and then are invited to extend it to the world around us. We get to let go of what others owe because Jesus lives in us. God has forgiven us a great debt that any debt owed to us pales in comparison. I know this is offensive. I know this is offensive, but the cross is offensive. I'm not saying that Jesus is saying be a doormat. I'm not saying that the pain isn't real. But what I am saying is this, that the cross of Jesus Christ is bigger and stronger and more healing than anything that any of us have ever faced. And I believe that we need this revelation. Some of us are actually, we're like feeding the woundedness in ourselves. We're feeding these places of unforgiveness. And then we're wondering why we're discouraged, why we're sick, why we're down. Forgiveness is freedom. And Jesus is saying today, let me show you the way. No person can possibly offend me to the extent that my sins have offended God. We want to apply this principle to the small things in our lives, but also the bigger things in our lives. 
Jesus is inviting us to experience his forgiveness and extend it. Now, I am someone, I am very motivated by stories, and so I thought it would be really helpful today to just hear some real-life forgiveness stories, forgiveness played out in the real world. And my mom, who's a teacher, she instilled in us kids a love of biographies, of hearing people's stories. Each of you has a story, and your story, it matters to God. I want to encourage you, share your stories with one another of how forgiveness has played out in your life. So I want to tell you the story of Corey Ten Boom. And maybe you've heard of this woman before, but she was a Dutch Christian watchmaker. And in the 1930s and 1940s, she and her family helped hundreds of Jews escape from the Nazi regime. And there's actually a movie, it's called The Hiding Place. Uh, Maybe you've seen it before or you've heard of her, but her family was known for just incredible acts of bravery, helping feed, shelter, keep safe all of these different Jews during this time. Well, eventually she and her family are caught and they are sentenced to a concentration camp. And so she and her sister go to a concentration camp. And, you know, if you've read any history, they're just horrific places where people were, you know, shamed and beaten and starved. You know, they they were stripped from their dignity. And, And they really didn't know what their future was. Now, that didn't stop Corey and her sister Betsy from running church services with a smuggled in Bible. And they saw women come to know Jesus during this time together. They were actually hoping that after the war, they could create a, a, a healing center where people could come and get healing for all of the pain and the abuse that they had endured during the, during the concentration camp and during the war. Well, unfortunately, Betsy died in the camp. She was in poor health and the conditions there led to her death. And miraculously, 12 days later, Corey was released. Now, again, if you've read any of history, like people didn't get released from the concentration camps. She later discovered it was a clerical error. And one week later, all the women in her age group were sent to the gas chambers and killed. And after this, Corey committed her life to sharing the good news of God's forgiveness, that we need to forgive one another. And she actually called herself a tramp for Jesus. I can't make this stuff up. That's actually the name of her book. And she went all over the place telling people about the incredible mercy that she had received from Jesus and how we should give it away. Well, this gets put to the test. So just a few years later in 1947, she's preaching in a church in Munich and this older gentleman comes up to her afterwards and as soon as he comes up, she recognizes him as one of the most vicious guards at the concentration camp. And he says to her, oh, I really enjoyed your sermon, which of course was on forgiveness. And he said, I love how you said that our, sea, our sins are at the bottom of the sea. And he said, I, I've become a Christian. I, I was a guard at a concentration camp that you mentioned, but I've become a Christian. And I know that God's forgiven me for all the terrible things that I did, but I felt like God asked me to come ask a prisoner for forgiveness. And he said, so I want to ask you for your forgiveness. And he stuck out his hand. And she, she says that everything within her froze, the memories Her beloved sister who had died, she just said, God, I just don't know if I can do this. And in that moment, she prayed a very simple prayer, Jesus, help me. And she said that she told God, I will stick out my hand, but you better help me do this, God. So she stuck out her hand and they clasped hands together and they held hands for a few moments and the most incredible thing happened. An electric current went down her arm and she said all over she felt this healing warmth fill her body. And she would later go on to say this, I had never known God's love so intensely as I did then. But even so, 
I realized it was not my love. I had tried and did not have the power. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. This is an, I know, and like so many of us aren't going to have a story quite like this, right? Where we're even able to process the pain and talk to the person who did it to us. But this is an incredible picture of actually what it means to experience forgiveness and then extend it to the world around us to let go of what is owed. Because there was a lot owed to Corey. She had lost much. She had been through much. And I know that there are many people in this room who have been abused, who have been hurt, who have been mistreated. And today I just believe there's an invitation and there's a grace to actually allow forgiveness to come and and all of those things to be let go of. And I believe that there's healing. And I know that for some of us, again, you might even be thinking, well, like the person's not here and how can I forgive? Forgiveness does not mean that, again, there's no boundaries, that they're off the hook, all of those different things. It's something that you actually can release and that Jesus wants to come and give you that freedom. Okay, so today there is this invitation to fresh forgiveness. And there are places, I believe, in each of us that are locked up. We've been held back. And Jesus is calling us into a freedom that comes with forgiveness. Now, a couple of things. If we think right now, like, okay, I know I need to forgive. If we think, though, this forgiveness, that it starts with me and you, like if it starts with us, it's not going to go very far. Because you know what? Like, we're going to feel great when we're like, well, I forgive you. But then when we can't forgive... When it's too painful, we're going to feel shame and condemnation. Forgiveness, it starts with Jesus. And I'm so excited because our whole worship set today is totally Jesus-focused. It starts with who he is and what he's done for us. Because Jesus has first forgiven us, we can forgive others. Think about the word forgive for a minute. It's for you, and you get to give it away. Forgive. It's for you, and you get to give it away. This is the invitation that we have today. Jesus wants you to experience his forgiveness, and then he wants to empower you to extend it to the world around you. So the question is this. Who do you need to forgive? I believe that for some of you, you know you've done something and you need forgiveness from someone. For others of you, you know that you need to forgive yourself. Jesus is here. He wants to help you. He wants to empower you. I want to read some instructions that Paul has about this in Ephesians 4. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. We want to make a clean break. All of those things, bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander. Do you know what that does? It feeds and fuels unforgiveness in our life. And what Paul is saying is he's saying, chop it off. Get rid of it. Say no. And what he's saying is instead, instead, that word there, instead, there is a better way. There is a better way. And that better way is actually to be kind to each other, to be tenderhearted, and to forgive one another. Not because, oh, you're such a nice person. No. You forgive because Christ first forgave you. We forgive because he has forgiven us. Okay, well, I'm almost out of time, but I got to tell you one more story because it's just so good. It's a story of fresh forgiveness, and I'm so motivated. I just pray that this story, it actually boosts faith in your heart that you could let go of what others owe you. Okay, so this story is from my friends Brian and Janine Blount. And you may recognize Brian. He has been here before for our More Love, More Power conferences, and he's coming back. 
in 2021, that's November 3rd through the 6th, you are going to want to be there. Brian is going to be here. He might even share this story because it's just so incredible, the story I'm about to tell you. But they are vineyard pastors in Oklahoma, an incredible couple, and they really steward this naturally supernatural lifestyle where they're looking for God in the everyday. So let me tell you what happened to them. This summer, their van was stolen in their driveway in the middle of the night. And I don't know about you guys, but like in our area, like we've had a couple of our neighbors had a little break in and like locking cars at night. I know that this has become a little bit more common, but I mean, talk about a bummer. Like, first of all, no one wants to have their car stolen. Second of all, you know, it's your vehicle, so you got to get places. In addition to being pastors, they have six kids. And Brian travels like extensively for his speaking and teaching and stuff. So this was like a major deal. So they, they put out on social media, they're like, guys, could people please pray that we get our van back? But they really don't have a lot of hope. I mean, I don't know what the statistics are, but they're not great for like if your vehicle does get stolen. Well, amazingly, two days later, a, a, a neighbor sees their van, calls the Blounts, they call the police, it ends up in a high-speed chase, the police get their van back, and they apprehend the two young uh, men who have stolen the vehicle. And, you know, they get the van back, they're overjoyed, they're hearing a little bit about the story about these two young guys, and the police just say, like, listen, they're juveniles, you're probably never going to get more information on that because of, you know, the court protecting their identities and whatnot. And so, imagine Brian and Janine's surprise when a few weeks later, they get a notice from the court that one of the young men has a court date. And immediately, they're like, well, we're going to go. Now, I want you to put yourself in their, in their story for a moment. Now, if you knew that you could talk to the people who stole your car, what would you say to them? I want you to be honest. That's right. That's right. Just thank you for being honest. What a great... I work for Jesus. You stole a pastor's car. I rehearsed that a little bit. So, <laughs> so they go to the court, and they don't know who this person is. And, and, and they're, like, sitting in the court area, and they're, like, kind of, like, okay, like, how are we going to figure this out? They're kind of trying to, like, oh, listen into people's conversations. And they eventually overhear a conversation with a grandma, a mom, a sister, and a young man. And they're, like, oh, we think that's the guy. So they go over to the guy, and they're, like, hey, are you, are you so-and-so? And he's, like, um, yes. And Brian goes, oh, great. Hey, we're pastors, and it was our van you took for a joyride. Don't worry. We're not here to harass or condemn you. We're actually here to support you. We forgive you, and we want to ask the judge for mercy. What? Let go of what they owe? Well, immediately the mother says, apologize. <laughs> and thankfully the young man did. Sincerely, And then Brian actually went on and said, listen, I want to tell you my story. When I was 16 years old, I was in a police chase that resulted in me being, you know, on the ground with guns drawn. And he and this young man started to have this moment of, like, I've been where you've been. And Brian said, a family friend reached out to me and invited me to church. And I went to church and I had a real encounter with Jesus and I experienced his forgiveness. And I stopped doing drugs and I stopped doing dumb stuff and I gave my whole life to Jesus and he changed everything. And now I'm a pastor and I'm a person who gives Jesus away every opportunity I can. And I'd love to invest in your life. What do you think? And this young, this young man says, yes, I'm interested. The judge listens to Brian and Janine. He, as they share their heart for mercy and compassion, 
she takes it into consideration. And after this whole thing, the Blounts are able to pray with this young man and their family. They were able to bless them financially. I was able to give you like the, the very like Reader's Digest version. You got to go on his page. The detail, you guys, this is actually who we're called to be. We're called to be kingdom people who experience forgiveness and we extend forgiveness. Brian knew the difference in his life. He knew that Jesus had changed everything. If we don't encounter Jesus, we actually, we can maybe forgive here and there, but we won't have a habit of forgiveness. We want to be people who freely give that stuff away. We want to shock the world. Just imagine the world. You owe me. Imagine the kingdom, let go what they owe. This is what Jesus is inviting us to. So I'm going to have a stand, and I'm going to take us now into to worship. You know, I know sometimes this can be a hard message, and there may be a lot of things going around your head, but Holy Spirit, he wants to meet you right now during worship. He wants to speak to you, and I believe that even some healing is going to happen now. And I just believe, you know, at any point, you can just let go of it. You can say, Holy Spirit, I don't want to hold this anymore. You can pray Corey's prayer, Corey Ten Boone's prayer. Jesus, help me. I can put my hand out, God, but you got to help me. And so after we worship for a little bit, I'll come up and we'll do a little bit of ministry. Um, But let's just worship Jesus now. Thank you for spending time with us today. You can find more content like this at vineyardlive.us. There you'll find conferences, training, and worship. You can check it out at vineyardlive.us.